Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Paul Knight. I don't think it's any secret, those of you who have hung out here for a while, I, I love Christmas. I really, I love, like, the lights, the twinkles, all of that. You'll hear me say this probably a hundred more times. It blows me away. It stuns me. It, like, shakes me at the core of who I am. That God left heaven. All of the beauty, all of the majesty, all the holiness, all the glory, all the everything perfect. He left that to come and dwell amongst us. In all of our dirt, all of our anger, all of our rage, all of our failings, all of our sin, all of our garbage. He left heaven to dwell amongst us. And then when he died, his spirit comes to dwell within us. Let that soak in for a second. When he could have stayed there, there's something about you and something about me that something about us made him want us really bad. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Father, I I release this message into your hands. I pray that you'd speak this morning. That the work of your spirit would flow in and around us and through us and in us. God, for those of us who are hanging out here who have never taken the step of belief, I pray that you draw us, them. God, for those of us who know you, who want to live for you, help us to actually do that. God, I pray for our world that during this season again, that we would be reminded of what you have done of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Right thinking leads to right behavior. When we think correctly about who we are, we begin to live correctly into who we are. We, we If we're followers of Jesus Christ, which in fact I don't assume all of us are, but if we are, Our right thinking about who we are in Christ leads to the right behavior. The right behavior flows out of not following rules and regulations. That's way, I I think that's the thing that a lot of us miss. We become Christians and we think, okay, now I have to be a good person. We become followers of Jesus Christ, okay, now I have to live a moral life. And we we have all these rules and regulations that we're supposed to live. And, And really what God wants us to do is to think rightly about our relationship with him, right? thinking leads to right behavior. Right behavior flows out of and right thinking flows out of right relationship with God. We're not called to follow the rules. 
We're not called to follow some set of precepts and teachings. We are called to follow Jesus. We are called into relationship with Him. And and when we start to think correctly about that, we start to get our identity straight. We start to get who we are. Being a follower of Jesus answers the question, who am I? Identity creates movement. That when I realize who I am, I begin to live who I am. I can live up into who I am. Right thinking flows right thinking leads to right behavior right behavior flows from right relationship we are in ephesians the book of ephesians we're going to go through that we've been in uh uh just a handful of verses 12 verses for the last couple weeks we're going to be in there again today i'm going to read it this first part of the book of ephesians chapter chapter 1 verse 1 through 14 is all about our identity in christ all of these things and and you'll hear them all of the things that he says this is true of you 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 it's that you are uh, you have received every spiritual blessing in heaven you you have been predestined for a purpose that from the very beginning of time god has had a purpose for you that you've been chosen that he put his hand on you that if you've heard the good news of Jesus Christ, if you heard the gospel, you you didn't hear that by accident. He put his hand on you so that you could hear. All of these things are like, it's amazing. And so if you have a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to open it up. We're going to read chapter 1, verse 1, all the way down to 14. I think this is the fourth week in a row we've read this. Uh, Let's stand in honor of God as we read his word. It'll be on the screens for you. Uh, if there's something slightly different from the Bible that you're using, that's, that's okay. You, you can work through that. If it's slightly different, what I'm reading from on the screen, that's not on purpose. That's just because I have a different Bible, right? But you can get through that. Here's what I want you to hear. If, in fact, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he is saying, this is true about you. Whether you feel like it's true or not, it's true. Whether you live up to it or not, it's true. If you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, he's like, like the fact that you're here, like he's like, look at this, this could be true of you. This is why I have come. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to God's holy people. Uh, that's a sermon right there. I'm not going to go there. But, but holy is, is, is about what he's done for you. Because he's forgiven you for your sins. Some of us live like, I am such a dirty, rotten representation. And he's looking and saying, I made you holy. You are holy in me. Okay, I'm done. I, I'm, I can't preach every... Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure, his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption being purchased and set free. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity in all things in heaven and earth and under Christ. 
In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. In that passage, you hear about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You hear about the Holy Trinity. You hear about all of these blessings. This is... Like if we could just grab onto this and live up into who we are, life would be so amazing. Again, Father, thank you. I pray that you would speak to the glory of your name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to just pull out a handful of things. The first one is this. The first point is you have heard and believed. By the way, as I said, you have heard and believed. Again, I don't want to assume that's true. Many of you have. You've heard and believed. You've heard and believed. You've heard the good news, the message of the gospel, and you've believed it. But some of you are still in the process of saying, Ah, I don't And so what I would say to you is just keep walking toward that truth. Don't assume just because you're in church. Or don't assume just because you're an American. Or don't assume just because you're baptized or confirmed. don't, Don't make assumptions about your relationship with God. Know that you're in relationship with God. So let me go back to the first point. You have heard and believed. In him you were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything for me with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ. Okay, did you, what he said is you were included in Christ. You, you became seated in Christ. You transferred the place where you reside. You transferred the authority of your life. You transferred the places where you belong to the place where you belong. You are included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. He's not saying when you got religious. He's not saying when you learned to tuck in your shirt and tie your shoes and go to church. He's not saying when you began to follow all the rules. He said you were included in Christ when you heard. And we know this. Like, like You're all here right now. Some of you are online. You're hearing, but we know you can hear and not hear, right? You know you can hear a thing and not hear a thing. Hearing means receiving it in your mind and transferring it to your heart. Because if you've been married for a while, you know that you can hear and not hear, right? Bonnie tricks me on this all the time. Because even just the other day, she goes, are you listening to me? Just a tip to you guys, that's a trick question. It it is. Are you listening? Because you're listening. Of course you're listening. Here's what happens in in our car. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes, I'm listening to you. Keep going. What did I just say? You know. You know that's a trap. You you do because you were listening, but you weren't listening. You were hearing, but you weren't hearing. What did I just say? You were... You were talking about the car. 
No, I was talking about how far. Why? I, I was hearing I wasn't... Would you put away your phone? Oh, no, I'm driving. Oh, that's two things. Okay. You see, it's a trap. But I think God would ask the same thing. Are you listening? Are you hearing? Like, are, are, you, are you coming and sitting in the midst and thinking about everything else but not allowing Him to actually speak to you? Are, are you hearing? Are you letting the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that God came down from heaven and dwelt among us, lived a perfect life, was crucified, dead and buried for our sin, and rose again from the grave so that He didn't come down just to dwell amongst us, He came down to dwell within us. Are you letting that sink in your head that through Christ, through Jesus, all of the stupid, all the sinful, all the horrible, all the mediocre, all the slothfulness, all of that can be forgiven and washed clean? Are you hearing the message of the gospel? That you don't have to do a thing to earn it. you got nothing to earn it with. But He offers it to you. Are you willing to hear that you can surrender all that you are into His hands? He says, and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. You know, Jesus tells the story about the parable of the seeds. The parable of the seeds, there was a farmer that, farmer that went out to sow seeds, and, he was, and some of the seed fell amongst the rocky soil. They heard, but it didn't take root. Some of the seed fell amongst uh, on a path, and the birds came around and plucked the seed away. Some of the seed fell amongst the thorns. They heard, but the worries and the cares of this life choked out the life of the gospel. Some fell in really good soil. Produced a crop. Produced a life. That's amazing. Have you heard? And have you believed? Like, will you let yourself believe? Will you let yourself say, okay, God, if this is true, if this is true, I'll receive that truth. I'll let that truth begin to boundary my life. I will let that truth begin to open up pathways for me. I'll let that truth, like, I will... I will transfer the weight of my life from me taking responsibility for all of who I am, governing myself. I will no longer be the God of my life. I will transfer the weight of my life onto you. I receive your Son as my Savior and my Lord. I cannot fix who I am. I cannot lead who I am. I can no longer be the boss of me. In essence, that's what Christmas is about. This amazing, wonderful, beautiful gift of God that He gave us, the the, the privilege of hearing, the privilege of believing, and the privilege of being included in Christ. It says in the passage, when you're included in Christ, all, all, all the spiritual blessings in heaven are yours. All All that Christ enjoys is ours. 
whatever struggles, whatever pain, whatever suffering you're going through in this day, in these days, while you're on earth, these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a weight of glory that far away is that all someday, 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 before the Father, everything, everything will be made new. And all of everything that God wants for us will be ours. It, it says that you're holy, that you're loved, that you're forgiven. If you've heard and believed, live up into who you are. Stop wallowing and stand in wonder at what God has done. He says, when you heard and believed the message of truth, you were included in Christ and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You were sealed. That's actually the second point today. And when we're talking about all these wonders of what God has done, you have been sealed with the Spirit. Live up into heart. You have been sealed. Again, again, I don't want to assume this. Don't believe it if I just said it, if it's not true of you. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are sealed in the Holy Spirit. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, that the God who came to dwell amongst us, when you heard the message of truth and believed, transferred the weight of your life onto Him, He marked you with a seal and dwells within you. What a drastic change that is for the people of God. In the Old Testament days, God came down and dwelt in the tabernacle, the moving chapel that they had, where God's presence came down in this amazing, shining glory. Then He resided in the temple in Jerusalem in this amazing, shining glory. Then he came and dwelt amongst us, lived a perfect life, was crucified, dead and buried for our sin, was risen from the dead, and now dwells amongst us. It says he marks us with a seal. I do this at weddings all the time. Your wedding ring's like a seal, right? I, I, I tell couples and I tell the, the, the group, the congregation there, I, I said when a couple puts a ring on their finger, it's like saying to the whole world, I belong to somebody else. Back off. Right? That's, it's, it's like I am hers or she is mine. We are, we've been marked. We've been sealed. When the Holy, the, the seal was used in kind of four, four ways in, in the, the New Testament. The, the seal was meant, like, like when a king sent a letter, he would scrawl the letter out and then he'd put it in an envelope and he would lay wax on it. He'd take his ring and he'd put a seal. That meant this is genuinely mine. This is genuine. This is a fake. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when you transfer the weight of your life, God puts the Holy Spirit on you and in you and says to the enemy and says to the angels and says to all the heavenly beings and the entire earth, says to you, this is the real deal. I have taken up residence. The seal was a mark of approval. Like when you get a new pair of pants and it says inspected by so-and-so. That's kind of weird, by the way. I, I don't, right? It, 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 it's, it, it's like the seal of approval. It's like the mark that says yes to you. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it's like God saying yes. Yes, I've forgiven you. Yes, you're mine. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, I love you. It's a seal of security. Like the seal on the tomb. Other than God, no one can break that. You're safe. No matter what the enemy throws at you. No matter what life throws at you. No matter what you throw at yourself. Whatever you throw up. 
The seal is a mark saying, that person is secure in me. The seal is a mark of ownership. It's like if you go into my office, or upstairs in the attic, or in my basement at home, or in my study, I have like 3,000 some books. All of them that are mine have my name in them. I mark them with ownership. When the Holy Spirit comes into you, when you've heard and believed and transferred the weight of your life, it's like God saying, that is my child. That's my child. And then he invites us to live up into who we are. Again, I don't know if you've thought about that. When you wake up on Thursday morning, or on Friday morning, or Monday, or Tuesday, whatever, and you think, okay, today, 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 today I am going to live up into who I am. I am a king's kid. I belong to God. He came down and dwelt among us, lived a perfect life so that he could die for us and rise again from the grave, and he dwells within us through his spirit. You are marked with a seal, the promise. You know what's interesting? A lot of us, when we become followers of Jesus Christ, and, and we have that, that sense of, oh, God is with me, God has forgiven me, God loves me, then, then we turn around and try to live by ourselves under our own strength. Right? We go, okay, now i got to fix me. Like, I can't fix me, but now I'm going to fix me. The surrendering to Jesus says, I can't fix who I am, but now I've got to fix who I am. And we start to rely on ourselves. We're, we're like, like people who, this is a, this is a tool, I guess. And, and it's, it's got sandpaper on it. It's like an angle for corners and angles. It's a sander, right? And, and a lot of us, we live our lives like this. We, we say, okay, God wants this part of my life smoothed out and fixed. And so we go in there and we start working like this and figuring out how to do it ourselves. We try harder, we try harder, we try harder, we try harder. And pretty soon we look at it and says, you know, this whole Christian life, I can't do it. It's exhausting. I can't fix who I am. But what if, what if there was a power available to you? The promised Holy Spirit who will give you the strength, give you the power, give you the transformation power to smooth out the areas of your life that need to be smoothed out. And you're depending on yourself. And your own strength, that He has sealed it through the promised Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit has come to take up residence within us, to seal us, to mark us as, as His own, so that, so that we can rely on His strength, His power to convict us, to guide us, to teach us, to shape us into the very image of His Son. Let me talk one more second about that ownership thing. Back in the Old Testament, I mentioned last week that there were 60 million slaves in, in Rome. I went back and read my notes. It was 60, approximately 60 million people. <laughs> Six million slaves. All right, so just to correct that. But back in the Old Testament time, when a slave was offered freedom by his master, there was an option. If he loved his master so much... 
he could show to his master, I, I don't want to be free without you. I want to live forever devoted to you because you love me and I love you. And the, the slave could be brought by the master to the city gate and they would pierce his ear and they'd put a marking or a seal in his ear, an earring. I call it the honorable order of the pierced ear. Hope. A slave could say, I know I could be free on my own. Because you love me so much. Because I love you, I want to serve the rest of my life devoted to you. As your servant, as your slave, I want to be transformed by being with you. And so he'd be marked with a seal. That's in essence, again, is what it means to transfer the weight of your life to him so that you can be marked with the Holy Spirit, relying on his power and his strength to shape you. Have you ever wondered why all that takes place? It says, for the praise of his glory. Three times in that handful of verses. Three times it says, for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. When you were believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Guaranteeing our inheritance. There's a theological debate that's going on about what that sentence means. Guaranteeing our inheritance our inheritance until the day of redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Our inheritance is, one understanding is guaranteeing our inheritance that that we will receive everything that God has for us in heaven. I think that's true. That when we've been marked in the Holy Spirit, we are sealed guaranteeing that we'll spend eternity with God. With all the beauty, all the way. But there's another group of theologians that say, wait a minute, the construction of the sentence says that we are his inheritance. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance on the day of redemption of those of those who are God's possession? That guaranteeing our inheritance to him those of us who are God's possession, those of us who are owned by Him, who are chosen by Him, who belong to Him, that we are His His inheritance to the praise of His glory. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, I want to be a better inheritance. However I arrive in heaven or eternity or however you... under, I want God to look at me and say, Oh, You guys, look. Look what I've been given. That if you are in Christ, you are his possession. You are his inheritance that that we would be to the praise of his glory. that, That when people 
see our lives, that they would applaud God. That we would shine with His presence, that our lives would reveal who He is. I don't want to pick on cat owners. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, that's, that's not honest. I, I do want to pick on cat owners. Uh, but but there's two ways of, of living your life. One is like a cat owner, or uh, like a cat, or the other is like a dog. You can have cat Christianity or dog Christianity. Those of you who want, want, are offended by this, uh, you can write to uh, Eric Cooner, E. Cooner at <laughs> gfhope.org. But, but, but cats, you know what cats are like, right? You buy them, you purchase them, you own them, you bring them home, you feed them, you care for them, you love them, you them, you buy toys, you buy little mice on strings, right? You buy things to climb on, you let them sit on your countertops and lick off your plates. Cats. And what do they do? When you do all of that for them, they walk away like they're God. And you're like, here kitty, here kitty. And he, he walks away. Right? Here, fetch, fetch. You go get it. Right? Cats do nothing for you. I apologize if you're a cat lover. It's just like, like, cats think they're like the ruler of the universe. Just like some of us. We come to Christ, we become owned by Him, and then we live like we belong to ourselves. Dogs, on the other hand, you, you bring a dog home. <laughs> He's all over you. He's devoted to you. You feed him. <laughs> he lays at your feet. He waits at the door for you to get home. He's so de- like he can hardly stand it when you're away from him. He loves you. He cares for you. <laughs> Fetch. <laughs> he goes, gets, he brings it back a thousand times. Whatever you ask him to do, he does it. The cat. <laughs> goes curls up in the corner the dog when you care for him like that he actually believes you're God again I apologize to the cat owners it's a story I stole it from another pastor (laughs) but as a cat you want all the attention when you want it and you don't want any of it when you don't a dog wants all of the applause to go to God because the dog understands that you're the master as Christ followers we live for the praise of his glory we we don't build the church so everybody looks and says oh look at what hope church is done we want God to be opposed right we don't do the things so that the glory shines on us. We want our whole lives to be evidence of His glorious grace. The favor He pours on us that we haven't deserved. That we might be for the praise of His glory. You know, Jesus tells a story about this man who is blind. He was born blind. And His disciples came up to Him and asked Him, Look, Father, who sinned? Him or his parents? And Jesus said these words. Neither. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. 
This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So that your whole life would be for the praise of his glory. Whatever suffering you may encounter, whatever difficulty you may encounter, whatever hurt you may encounter, whatever beauty, whatever opportunity, that your whole life would be for the praise of His glory. I have had a couple encounters lately with people. Two of them are dying of terminal cancer. Both of them, in a beautiful way, in different ways, told me basically this. Whatever's happening to me, I want God to be glorified through me. However I die, I want people to see Jesus. That our whole life would be for the praise of His glory. Live up into who you already are. I want to invite us to consider this. Where are you depending on yourself? I have several areas this morning that I got down on my knees about. I said, God, I can't fix this. Please demonstrate your power. And for some of you, truth is you've been hearing, but you haven't heard. I'd love to visit with you. We would love to visit with you. If you're online, you can text the words made new. It's an anticipatory phrase. It's like saying, I want to learn about being made new or made new. Text that phrase, made new, one word, to 474747. You can do that in this room too if you don't want to speak right now. Or you can walk to the cross after service or during a closing song. I say, I need Jesus. Merry Christmas.